Hey guys, welcome to another episode of In the Trenches with Andrew Taylor. In this episode, I interview Adam Barker, professional photographer. He's known for his active lifestyle imagery and landscape, um, kind of adventure photography. He has been uh, featured for his work in Outdoor Photography Magazine, Ski Magazine, Skiing Magazine, Powder, the Fly Fish Journal, USA Today. Um, he's done work for some of his clients like Nike, Black Diamond, Volkswagen of America, Deer Valley Resort. He's, he's a professional photographer. He's a big deal. And what's cool about this interview is Adam and I are old college friends. And we had lunch years ago and we, we talk about this. And we were both sort of talking about our dreams and what we wanted to accomplish. And as you fast forward, here we are. And we talk about chasing your dreams, but we also talk about the complexities of that and that it's not always as it seems, and there comes with it different challenges and things that uh, people don't talk about as often. So uh, Adam's somebody I really look up to and uh, appreciate. He's got a lot of knowledge about entrepreneurship, life, and photography. So I appreciate you for joining, and I hope you enjoy my interview with Adam Barker. Adam Barker, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, sir. <laughs> so, okay, let's go back. Yanni's Greek Restaurant. Do you remember this day? Yes. 12 years, 10 plus years. We can't yes. even remember. At it's least been that long. when the wheel was square. I was working as a travel agent. You were... I was working in PR, I think. Yeah, Ski Utah. Yeah. And we were just catching up as friends, but then like we got into this really cool, long conversation. It still sticks out to me to this day where... You were like, but my dream is to make money full-time doing photography. And I was like, yeah, my dream is to do like, you know, wilderness therapy in Costa Rica. And you were closer to your dream than I was at that point, I think. And then we haven't really talked much since. Like yeah. we've been working <laughs> yeah, I've been, ever since, man. We've been grinding, put the head down. Yeah. So you are now an acclaimed and well-known. I mean, I've got people fooled into... You know. thinking that you know what you're doing, yeah, right? yeah, you're an nice. actual photographer, we're sitting in your home, it, it is paid for your life, you have <laughs> beautiful family. What what happened next? Um, yeah, well, I guess, I guess we'll back up just a, a heartbeat and I'll just kind of explain what I do, which is I make my living in active lifestyle, outdoor, and travel photography. So... I shoot um, a lot of active lifestyle. I shoot skiing and fly fishing and mountain biking and trail running, but I also shoot kind of softer lifestyle stuff. I do commercial work for brands like Yeti coolers, um, Traeger grills, Panasonic, uh, Skechers, Lifestraw, a lot of brands that, that, are, that are out there, and then editorial work for all the ski and fishing and lifestyle and men, men's interest pubs. Um, and I always like to put that out there because one of the things that we may or may not talk about is having kind of an elevator pitch in, in how you how you um, sell yourself or how you explain to people what you do. But to to go back, what happened next, man? I don't even know because the the last <laughs> decade is very very fuzzy. Um, but I think if we were to start from the beginning or at least start from that point, and I, I got to apologize for my voice. I'm just getting over a head cold. So if it sounds like I'm speaking through a megaphone, like a snot megaphone backwards, then that's probably the case. That's how I sound every day. <laughs> Perfect. So don't worry Fantastic. about it. Yeah. Um, but I had 
kind of gotten to this point with photography where it just occupied my thoughts night and day. And I think I, I realized that there, I knew there was a passion there. And then at a certain point, I realized that there was perhaps a talent or a skill set. And, you know, I loved what I was doing at the time, which was working in PR in the ski industry. But it was obvious to me that it was um, kind of a single man's job, even though I was newly married at that point. And there is, a, there is definitely a ceiling as far as what I could earn and, and if I could support a family in, in, in the way that I wanted to doing that. And so the writing was on the wall that at some point I was going to have to find something else. And I never really anticipated that to be photography. But ultimately, the way that I'm built is... You know, I, I want to do what makes me happy. I want to make my family happy. I want to make others happy. But I think that starts with numero uno. And if we're not happy doing what we love, then it's really tough to kind of spread that um, sunshine, so to speak. So, you know, I was thinking about photography night and day. And ultimately, I'm, I thought, I think maybe maybe I could give this a shot. And, you know, it took me about two years to convince my wife to let me <laughs> have a go at it. I always thought in my head and knew in my head, I'm like, I know I can do this. Like, no matter how hard it is. Why? Well, because that's, I think, key. Because there's, a, I th do think there's a difference between someday I'd love to yeah, and someday I would love to. I think about it constantly, but I also kind of know I can do this. I think, you know, I'd had experiences in my life to that point that had tested me mentally and physically. Like, I'd gained confidence through some things. You know, some examples... Um, I served a mission for my church in the Mormon church in Italy, which was really tough, to be perfectly honest. You know, I had countless, countless doors slammed in my face. A lot of fingers wagged in my face. I had a lot of uh, rejection and, and you know, doing something that I really loved and really believed in. That was something that, like, built me up. But it broke me down and it built me up, and I learned a lot about myself in those two years. We do that at the age of, you know, I was 19, and so... I learned a lot of things then. Um, being a river guide, to be perfectly honest, like there was a lot of challenging things that you know you know very well that you deal with. On river, the river guides are amazing people. Yeah, they're just you know they're, <laughs> they're salt of the yeah. earth. <laughs> they're incredibly incredibly chiseled physique, <laughs> which is long since gone. Um, that was another thing, and I you know I'd been exposed to. You know, growing up in Utah, you can be said to have lived in a bubble, you know, this religious bubble. But I had lots of groups of friends that were not of the same faith or not of the same background as me. And I don't know, it just all contributed to, I, I guess, a sense of self. Um, and, you know, for better or worse, I've probably always had that um, confident bone in my body. I don't think it's been overconfident, maybe younger you know you could call it <laughs> cocky or whatever but I think to be perfectly honest you know for independent business people for people in like a freelance world or for anybody pursuing something like this I think you've got to maybe at times even when it's unjustified you've got to have that confidence or else you've got to believe that you're either better than or the best um, even even though you're not you know there's always somebody better than you there's always somebody that's going to be like one notch above or one step higher. And I think that conscious humility is still important. But I think you've got to have that innate belief that, 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 uh, that you're capable and that you can do it. So, so you know, grit, like you, you had that grit. You had what we call, 
in what the work I do, self-efficacy, like a belief in your ability to do hard things because you had done it. Yeah. Right? But what about specifically for photography? Because do you feel like you'd been, for example, if you just out of the blue said, well, I want to be a successful real estate developer, do you feel like you, you would have done that as well? Or do you think that you had something in photography that was a talent or a skill or a knack? Because I remember seeing some of your stuff, even in college, when everyone like well i i was like oh i want to be a photographer and i remember looking at your stuff and being like wow you know and you were not a professional yet but you had something there that's interesting to me because at that point in time i really don't believe that i thought um that there was a, a talent or a skill set yet like okay. back then i think there was an interest and it took and i think ultimately with, with photography so i think it's validated by other people, you know, people other than family. Don't show your portfolio to a family reunion, <laughs> and then take that to and an be agency. like, "Oh, I'm, I'm amazing. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to make take take the leap." You know. Yeah. Um. So you know, for I, I guess for a number of years, I had been shooting fairly incessantly, and I'd shown my work to quite a few people. And you know, while I was working in PR, I would. I would start to circulate that work more and I think get feedback from, you know, people that I respected and trusted outside of just a, a personal relationship that would give me somewhat objective feedback. Um, so that probably helped a lot, you know. Um, and then I think naturally, uh, I think a lot of photographers are born with a natural eye for photography. I think there are some that aren't and they're still very successful, but I think I just, you know, I was naturally inclined to see things and then appreciate. I was, I've always and still am all about crediting a great photographer, a great artist, wh whomever is great, like crediting them for that. And mm -hmm. like, if it's great, it's great. And if it's not, it's not, whether they're my competition or not, you know, I'll be the first one to say that's an exceptional photo or I'll be like, well, it's, it's just okay. And then I, I can honestly, I, I think I'm hopefully fairly able to capable of saying that about my work as well. I think the hardest thing is that we have an emotional attachment to our work, but, and, and a, a really good artist is probably a very self-critical artist and photographer. I think you have to be, because the longer I shoot, for me, the harder it is. It's it's probably harder than ever for me now to create an image that I'm like, this is this is something that I'm really really happy with because yeah. I've I've got that portfolio of work now that that I, I know what it takes for everything to come together and all the elements and stars have to align and mm -hmm. and so so yeah I think there was that. You know, that validation from others that started to build my self-confidence. I should also mention that I got destroyed by a professor in college when I showed him my portfolio. Oh, really? Like, And I wasn't studying photography in college. The only training I've ever had was a black and white photography class in high school. So it was all kind of self-taught, shoot a lot of pictures, shoot a lot of crappy pictures, you know, mm -hmm. um, read a lot of books, ask a lot of questions. But I showed my portfolio to a... A uh, professor that I had that taught some sort of graphic design class or something that I was probably just taking to satisfy a requirement for my major, and he had he was a former editor of a couple newspapers in New Mexico, and so he was coming from a photojournalist background. But I went and was all fired up to show him my portfolio, and I got torn apart. 
Like, I remember coming home to my wife, and I'm like, I just got destroyed. Like, <laughs> I thought I was a decent photographer, uh-huh. and, I mean, I've never felt so low in my life. And I think that, you know, at that point, I was like, I'm, I'm going to prove them wrong. You know, yeah. I, I think it really stung, and it was good because it, it humbled me, and I had to take a serious look at, at what I was doing and how I was progressing as an artist and as a creator. Um and that's the point where a lot of people are like, this isn't for me. And I guess that's the point where other people are like, you know what? I'm going to keep going and I'm going to prove that person wrong. And it'd be fun to see that dude again and <laughs> maybe show him another portfolio. Who knows? <laughs> I'm a big believer that entrepreneurship of some sort of any kind requires a little bit of a chip on the shoulder. Like you got to be a little bit pissed off about something it doesn't have to be bitterness it doesn't have to be revenge but just just that little there's a little chippiness to it and i'm not like a i'm not like a that an angry person but there was a chip on my shoulder for sure and my chip was like i want to live life on my terms right i I want freedom like i want i want to know that i can do what i want to do on my terms and still enjoy and love the work and so there's a chippiness in there that drove me through those times of people saying "Eh, i don't know if that's going to work man or i don't think you should or whatever that may be and and so i want to actually rewind just a step though um because you said what you you said you thought about this day and night like you are living the dream like we both are we both yeah and that's why this is such a cool interview is because like here we are fast forward however many years and like we're both living the dream and um what if your dream that day what if you'd said andrew i want to play in you know i want to play in the nba like dude you're what five ten (laughs) i am am the worst basketball player on planet earth so my point is and this is an important thing because i want to define it because we're telling young people to follow your dreams and do what you love and if if it consumes you do it but what if it what if it is what if you're not cut out for it for it yeah i mean we weren't we weren't gonna go play in the nba right i mean i think i think you can't know until you try you know that's the first part of it is that the way that i'm built I would have wondered my entire life if I could have made it as a photographer. It would have, it would eat. Never was going away. It would eat at me night and day. And, I would say the same for me yeah. and my perspective. And I would be, you know, although it would hurt um, if if I were to have tried and failed, at least I would have known, you know, at that point. So I think that's probably the first thing is that you, you just, you never really know until you try. And, and, you know, it's cliche and lame as it might sound is that you can't win if you're not playing the game. So if you don't even play the game, you can't, you really can't know. Now, if it's basketball, I, I probably won't even play it. So I won't win that. But And there's the reality <laughs> check though, right? If you're not even like playing or practicing or even have any ability at all or yeah. interest, like it's probably not something worth pursuing. And I think then too, like, I mean, if I think about it with photography, like keys to success, in my opinion, I mean, we could get into it from a, a creative standpoint, but from a business standpoint, I think there's three things and it boils down to passion, skill, and drive. And so I think a lot of people are very passionate and a lot of people are very driven. And I think then you have to be real about the skill set that you have that it takes to be successful at that particular endeavor and so if I were especially passionate about basketball you know and especially driven to succeed um, 
and I tried over and over, and I, and I think maybe, maybe at a certain point I would have come to that realization or come to that point where I had to address, am I skilled enough? How, but I honestly, I honestly kind of think that's last because I think passion and drive can supersede a lot of, of what you may lack in skill. I think you just have to be able to assess whether you have enough skill to succeed in that particular area. And, you, you know, again, I don't think you could ever, ever put out anyone's fire. Don't ever put out your own fire and say to yourself, oh, I'm not good enough or I, I just couldn't do it. You just, you never know. Mm-hmm. Because 95% of the people out there never explore past that initial, well, this sounds cool. I'd kind of like to do it. Uh, you know, it'd be rad, but... I'm not willing to to make that sacrifice or make that jump. And that's that's the hard part because I want to tell everyone I meet, please follow your dreams, follow your passions, like find it. Is it for everybody? Um, I don't think it's for everybody. Uh, it depends on what your dream and your passion is. I think you have to have a certain makeup. Um, I think you really have to be able to confront highs and lows I think you really got to be able to confront failure um, along with success I think you need to be able to sacrifice a lot of personal comfort um, for the greater goal um, and if that's you then you then go for it if it's not you um, like you can maybe build those traits and those you know characteristics within yourself um, but some people, and, and the way that I'm built, my business and my industry, there's a lot of inconsistency and insecurity. Um, there's not a whole lot of constant. Um, my paycheck is not constant. My workload is not constant. Uh, you know, my work environment is not constant or consistent. And those are all things that sometimes as much as I hate them, I love them. And my personality thrives on that. Like yeah. having something different every day um, is something that I thrive on like uh, monotony and that kind of just vanilla consistency in life it's just not my personality Um, but it is for some people and you know being perfectly honest there are times when I look at the UPS driver that pulls up outside I'm like man that would be awesome I do too I love I would love to just deliver boxes and and I'm not taking anything away from the people that do that at all you know maybe they got something figured out exactly exactly it's like you get in you got a list of places to visit you're getting paid X amount and you know you're meeting cool people still like I really enjoy my UPS driver (laughs) we've got like a great relation maybe he's visiting my house too much you know but (laughs) but so there's definitely that you know yeah I think, and there's also a common theme there where here we are doing what we set out to do, living our dream, and yet when was the realization for you that, and and I've had this too, where it's still hard. <laughs> it's still not, you know, because I remember at that time I think I would have thought, well, I'll just be supremely happy in that position and if I get there, and I'm here, and I'm very happy. But it's still work. And there are still days where I'm like, wow, this is really hard. And there's still days I'm scared. And there's still days I'm, uh, there's even days where I'm like, yeah, I wish I did. It was just delivering boxes, right? Like, how great would that be to not have to handle this stress and do that, right? Like, there's a reality of living your dream, too, that I think 
we don't talk about. Yeah, I think that can also be called adult life. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like that's adulthood. Yeah, that's, and that's true of raising kids I and being married and all of these things, right? I just think you have this idea um, when you're younger that there will come a time where you don't have to worry about X anymore, you know, and then you get five years, ten years down the road, and the tables are turning. You're like, man, back then, like I had very few concerns. And I, I, I think there's just a couple of things that you need to know is no matter what you're doing and no matter how happy it makes you, like life is not, it's not just autopilot no matter what. And especially if you're running your own business or pursuing your own dream and by nature of pursuing your own dream, you're obviously very passionate about it. And so um, the challenges that come as a result of pursuing that dream, they might sting a little bit more because you might take them personally. You know, you, I know that I did, and you, this may, may go back a little bit to talking about having a chip on your shoulder, but you want to, you know, living or supporting a family as a creative is not particularly easy. Supporting a family, you know, doing what you do with a business in Costa Rica is not particularly easy. Um, and so there's, there's, a, there's a part of you that is always like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to prove people wrong. And so then if you experience, you know, bumps on the road or failures or difficulties, is that, is that a personal attack? You know, is that something that you should be taking personally? And the, the short answer is no, absolutely not. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, every day there's, there's challenges for me, you know, it, I have three boys and, and even when things are great at home, they might be difficult from a business standpoint. If things are great from a business standpoint, we could be struggling with things at home, something maybe extracurricular if you've got, you know, there's, there's always something going on. And I think you've got to be, you got to be able to deal with all that stress in addition to making a living and supporting a family and chasing that dream of your own as well. And I mean, it's just, it's life. Yeah. I like that. It's adulthood. Yeah. That's a great answer, man. So let's talk a little more about photography. When, what were some breakthrough moments? And talk about breakthrough moments. Talk about failures. You don't have to tell your whole story. There's a lot to fill in, I'm sure. But like, I know for me, there's a few key moments of failure and and breakthrough that that helped me along my way. Do you have some? Yeah, I mean, let me think about specific instances, but I think first and foremost, at least as a photographer, uh, there are far, far more failures than successes. Like you just, just the nature of how the business is, there's so much competition, there's so many people and, and there are so many very talented photographers. I'll be honest, back when I started doing this, my roots are in landscape photography and, and, um, you know, I, I really did in my head think I was one of the better landscape photographers. And this was really kind of before, like, or at least within the circle of people that I knew. And, and as I continued to progress in my career, I was obviously exposed um, to, to more photographers. But I still continued to feel like I, I held my own. And I don't, I don't at all feel like I don't hold my own anymore. But I do feel like I'm a drop in the bucket. And I don't, I don't mean that in a derogatory sense towards my brand. It's more an acknowledgement of the fact that there's a lot of really good photographers out there. Now, the positive side of that from a business standpoint is clicking the shutter is really a very small 
um, fraction of the battle. You know, the hardest, I've always said the hardest part of running a photography business is running a photography business because um, it is a business. But so, so I, wanted, I wanted to put that out there as like, you know, from a publishing standpoint, there are only so many pages in a magazine. Like, let's talk about ski ski images for a moment. Um, you know, the pinnacle of being published as a ski photographer would be um, getting the cover of Powder Magazine. You know, I've been fortunate to have the cover of one Powder Magazine. You know, the Gear Guide, which is is debatable as to whether it's the actual <laughs> one or not. But I've had many covers. Um, but so that those are moments for me, like that have really validated some of my work from that standpoint but but to kind of put it in perspective on a good winter uh you know I'll shoot I don't know let's say 10 to 15,000 ski photos um those will get cold down to about to a submission of about 100 to 200 sent to the editors of these magazines and from those submissions they'll typically keep 10 to to 25 images and of those that they keep they'll publish one to four wow so that just gives you an idea of the the numbers side of things that you're dealing with and and then what it comes what it comes down to is this is there are only so many places for those images to go and and there are very there's a lot of photographers out there that are producing quality work so you just simply have to know that whether your work is great or not there's only so many places for it to go from an editorial standpoint um, so I guess you know breakthrough for me would have been many editorially seeing my work published in publications that I held my entire life and was like oh man you know outdoor photographer um, back in the day was another one I had grown up reading that and it was like for me I, I wanted the cover and I wanted to be published and I did I got a couple covers and I would write articles and they would be published and so for me those were, were breakthroughs from a commercial standpoint it would you know it's hard to, to come up with specific instances but you know it was always taking on jobs that were a little bit more than the last one you know fake it till you make it is 100 percent true <laughs> and, and like i you know i i i still i don't know if i still do it um because i'd like to think that i've made it but there are many instances where i'm faced with something that i'm unfamiliar with you know still in my career and it's like the the past experience that I've had allows me to maybe fake it just that extra five percent or whatever that I don't know knowing that I don't know about that job or that particular instance that's in front of me it's that past experience that allows me to kind of fake that part of it and know that I'll be successful um, I guess I could think of one from a creative standpoint and as well this is kind of from from a commercial standpoint as well Many, many years ago, I was asked to do a shoot for a company called LifeStraw. LifeStraw, are you familiar with LifeStraw? You should be in your line of work. They do, they make water filters and water bottles uh, with filtration inside of them. They are an amazing company. I actually was just in Kenya a couple months ago shooting a humanitarian project for them. But this was the very first shoot I did for them. And the difference between their product and others is they actually, it's a straw, like an oversized straw that you can actually just suck water right out of a river. 
So it doesn't require. Heard of this? Yeah, it doesn't yeah. require like pumping water or anything like that. And they've they've since advanced to a number of other products. So you can, they've now they and they've since advanced to a number of other products. You can now they've got a water bottle called the LifeStraw Go, or you can it's got the filter built into the lid, and you can just when I go fishing, I just I don't carry water because it's heavy. I just carry this water bottle, and then I dip it in the river and fill it up and take wow. it. So anyway, I was doing a shoot for them. This was the very first shoot. And the challenge as a photographer in shooting a, a commercial, on a commercial shoot and shooting a product like that is illustrating what you can do with the product in an engaging manner. And so I'm trying to think if I could, maybe I could pull this up while we're talking about it. But, um, but essentially this shot that I captured was, it was a shoot in Moab, Utah. The shot was not on the shot list, but I actually, I, I do a lot of kind of, underwater shooting for my fly fishing photography so I brought an underwater housing and my idea was let's find some uh, like a stream that I could shoot in and I can have a guy sipping water out of the stream and I can kind of shoot it half under the water and half above and you can illustrate and these half in half out shots are, are super engaging by nature. I've seen some of your stuff um, online and yeah, so really cool. like that for me um, I was I was trying to to really, you know, I had the idea in my head and ultimately the image, I'm trying to find it on my, in my portfolio here, but I'm not finding it. Ultimately for me, that was kind of a, and in the end, the client loved it. Like, and, and, and one of the things that most validated, validated that for me was that I saw that image everywhere. And as a brand, I think it really, Lifestraw had just kind of come onto the consumer scene because they were doing, you know, kind of humanitarian and and uh, third world work for a long time, but they had just kind of come in, onto the consumer scene, and it it was like this hero image that they built their campaign and their brand on, and so that was like a huge breakthrough for me, I think, and and something where I was like, yes, I I kind of came up with that concept in my head, and and thought that it might work and from a technical standpoint it came together and from a creative standpoint it came together and yeah it was fantastic awesome, what are some of your biggest mistakes that you can look back on and be like whoa <sighs> i remember so you know there's definitely been times where you know i don't do them as much as i used to but i would do workshops because i really enjoyed teaching uh, mentoring for me is a big thing. I don't think anybody has ever gotten to where they are on their merits alone. I think we all have to acknowledge and recognize the people that have helped us along the way. And there's no question that I have been a benefactor of, of mentors as well. But um, but uh, I have done a number of workshops that didn't fill up, you know, and I was disappointed. Um, I was disappointed to, to see that, you know, and again, it's kind of hard to take things, not to take things personally when that happens. And, and early on in my career, I thought, I was like, oh, if I can't fill up a workshop, that's it. I'm, it's done. I'm, I, I can't do it, you know, and, and obviously like that changes and, you know, some would fill and some wouldn't. That's one example. I think, you know, there are countless, countless failure, failures in terms of trying to get a client or trying to get this, that, or the other job. Um, you know, being told thanks but no thanks more times than I can count. Um, 
you know, if we're talking about from a creative standpoint, I can tell you how many times I've traveled to places or been or spent time in places and shown up and hoping to get that five-star image and the weather, the weather, you know, there's a lot of things that are out of your control. And, and so there's, there's plenty of times where that has happened. And, and, you know, I mean, being perfectly honest, here I am in, you know, being perfectly honest, here I am in the 10th year of my career, I'd consider myself a veteran at this point. And, you know, the last two or three years have been extremely challenging from a, from a photography standpoint. And it's, it's normal. You know, I've actually spoken with lots of photographers in this, and it's very cyclical, the nature of this work. And so it's not at all uncommon to, you know, to experience those slower times, but you know, you really have to get down to the nitty gritty of who you are as a person, who you are as a business person. Um, how much do you love the craft? Um, how much are you willing to continue to deal with um, those hardships and those obstacles and those failures, even as a veteran? How willing are you to deal with those as, as you were as, as a rookie or a greenie, you know? Mm-hmm. What, um, <clears throat> what do you, with all the rejection, do you ever battle self-doubt? And if so, how? Yeah, there's no question. Like, and especially in this age of social media, like it is so easy to compare yourself. Um, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you are a high-powered business person, whether you're a photographer, whether you're a small businessman, whether you're an athlete, whatever it might be, you know, whatever your um, your role in life. I think it's next to impossible not to pick up your phone or to browse the interweb, the internets, <laughs> <laughs> the face tube, the U space, <laughs> whatever. Exchangeogram. Yeah. Um, and uh, and not compare yourself. And so I think you got to remind yourself every day. It's like, you know, you got to be comfortable within your own skin. And I think part of not a part of battling that self-doubt is accepting that competition, A, exists and it always will exist and it, that it's a good thing in the end. Like, um, in my opinion, competition breeds excellence, you know, and it weeds out um, the best from the better and from the okay. And you, I guess... You have to know that there, that competition and people that are equal and or better, it, it doesn't mean you're not skilled and you're not talented in your own right. Um, I think too, as a photographer, I spend a lot of time looking at other genres of photography and appreciating and admiring their work and also assessing it from a business standpoint. You know, like, oh, is this, because outdoor photography, it's it's got its limits in terms of, what you can earn, it's got its limits in terms of the work that you're creating, and you know I think it's common for photographers to continue. You want to you want to stay passionate, you want to stay edgy and driven to create current and relevant work. So I'm always looking at that stuff, and sometimes I think to myself, oh maybe I need to be doing this, or maybe I need to be doing that. Um, and I think ultimately you got to remind yourself, you got to stay true to self. So that comes with understanding um, who you are and what you're skilled at, maybe what you're not so skilled at, mm-hmm. um, and what your brand is or isn't. Um, and then honestly, 
it's it, it comes with a great support group as well. My wife is incredibly supportive. My friends are great. My family, you know, is supportive. It's not all on us all the time. Like, I think that's one thing that I've learned is working from home and working in an industry um, that depends solely, like, my work depends on me that for the most part, and that's it. Like, I incorporate a lot of other people and tools into what I do, but ultimately it depends on me. And so a lot of the time you internalize a lot of those difficulties and challenges and you got to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You got to have a confidant, have a best friend, have a support group, even if it's online, whatever, if it's a Facebook group that you're chatting with. Um, because, you know, it, it doesn't take much to dig us out of maybe like a, just a small pit. Like maybe you wake up and you're struggling and maybe, uh, you know, as, as tough of a thing as social media can be at times, it's also a really great thing. Like a couple pats on the back, a couple likes for your images, a nice comment from somebody or even a text or a phone call goes an enormous way in like lifting spirits. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I've found a lot of benefit from peer mentoring. You know, when when you're in the grind, when you're doing something unique, when you've got yourself really vulnerable and, and laid out there, um, I, and you're stressed out, and you know, if you're doing something that sometimes when you're pursuing your dream, it's it can be very stressful. Like you're you're jumping in the current of something very, you're taking on a lot of responsibility, and I've found a lot of value in sitting down with friends or you know people colleagues and having those open conversations about even with a competitor and just say how, how do you deal with this and yeah. what how was your last three months oh yeah we were slow too okay okay, okay. Yeah. Right. You know? big sigh of relief you know like oh yeah i remember dealing with that you know when i was at your stage in the career and yeah you know that to me i didn't think about it when i asked you the question but you're right that peer mentoring that mentoring that Collegial, those collegial relationships are huge when you're out there hustling. Yeah, I mean, there's the saying that misery loves company, obviously. <laughs> so when like you're really kind of challenged and when things are tough, you want to know that other people are are challenged as well. But I also I don't think it's just misery. It's just like you know, I I think I think you should just change that to like we love company. Period. Like we people love company. People love company. You know, like. <laughs> Like, we want to know that there are others, you know, experiencing what we're experiencing, and we just don't want to be alone, whether it's literally or figuratively. I mean, obviously for a time, like, it's great to have your independence and, and your solitude, but but when it comes down to it, we need other people. And as a business person, we especially need other people in our successes. And, and I I talk to my competitors all the time. We're, we're a tight-knit group, and, you know, the strength really, and I think it's like this in many industries, but especially in an industry as small as photography, the strength of the wolf is the pack, you know, and (coughs) whoa. I mean, you know, and I think if I were, especially in the photography industry and in an industry as small as, as the photo industry, the strength of the wolf is the pack. And, you know, we all want to be, charging similar rates we don't want to be undercutting each other we want to be operating our businesses in like manner in a professional manner you know it can be confusing for the client if one photographer is running his business one way and another one is 180 degrees opposite and it happens you know and that's part of the differences in in businesses but but 
you know, my thing as a business person and really as a person in general is I'm very open and transparent. And I think in the end, that wins you trust with people. And trust gives you relationships. And relationships ultimately are what any business and any any successful venture is built on. Like yeah. relationships. Yeah. Do you have specific routines? You're, you know, you're self-employed. You got a home office. I imagine it would be very easy to get up in the morning and get distracted with life. Putting and... pants on? <laughs> I, I really struggle with putting pants on on some days, you know. You got kids. You got, you know, you got a lot pulling on you, a lot of responsibility. Do you have... Do you have routines that you stick to that, that are part of your process and have helped you become For sure. Um, I mean, for me, physical exercise is super important. Uh, so whether it's skiing, you know, going to the gym in the summer, I'm cycling a bunch. I just know myself and I know that if I can exercise at some point in the day, hopefully at the beginning of the day, like... For me, I'm going to be able to sit at my desk and knock a bunch of stuff out or, you know, because my business, it seems like it's all just, I mean, because my business, it seems like it's all just, you know, traveling to far-flung places of the earth and, and out shooting rad athletes, doing rad things all the time and hiking here and, and jet-setting there and it's it's not. I mean, that is a small part of the business. I, I spend a lot of time in the office. So exercise is one of them. Um, balance. Balance is like, and it's not really a routine, but it's what keeps my routines in check. But uh, I make a point if and when I'm here to see my kids off to school in the morning, I watch them run around the corner because I just, I watch them, you know, I, I see them at the front door. My wife, bless her heart, she's the one that's really doing the majority of the work in the morning. But I always make sure if I'm here that I'm there at the front door and I see them off, and because I just know in my head, it's like before I know it, they're gonna be, they're gonna, they're not gonna be running to the bus. They're gonna be getting in their car, and then they're gonna be crashing their car, <laughs> and then gonna be, you know, and then they're gonna be going to college, and that's another routine for me. Um, you know, it's the usual things like emails, and I have a, a notebook right here that I make a list of. I have. I'm sure, I don't know, it was diagnosed when I was a kid, but I don't know what it is now. ADD was then. <laughs> Who knows what it's morphed into now, but at times I have a hard time like focusing on one certain thing. So if I don't write it down um, and and make a list and cross it off, then I'll, my brain will just skip to something else. Yeah. Um, that's, that's another routine. You know, spiritually for me, I'm a religious person. I, I definitely try and keep myself in check there. Um, I do believe in God. That plays a big part in my life. And so keeping myself in check um, and going through, you know, I go to church every week. That gives me a reset. Some people can relate to that. Some people can't. But I think everybody has their own version of church, you know, yeah. um, and maybe they have their own version of God. Um, and to be able to have that counterweight or counterbalance in your life is is important as well, I think. What do you love about your job? I love the people that I work with. I love the places I get to see. Um, you know, but I think really it's 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 people. I love the fact that I get to work from home. I'm with my people, you know, when I'm home. Um, but I'm surrounded by wonderful people everywhere. And I meet wonderful people all over the world. And in turn, that makes 
that that contributes to my makeup you know I think being exposed to people that aren't of our same background or belief structure or upbringing um, that experience allows us to relate to the world on a greater scale um, and hopefully contribute on a little bit greater scale uh, I really love that I love the fact that I've been able to see many beautiful parts of this world and share them with the, with others you know um, and that's that's a great thing about photography is that you know how many places have we all been to that we're like oh my gosh I just want to share this with with somebody and that's ultimately kind of what drove me to pursue photography is because I was visiting these cool places and I wanted people to to be able to see that but I think if I had to boil it down to one thing it would be the people that I work with and that I meet that's cool I when I was young I had a phase I wouldn't say it was a passion but like you know flipping through the National Geographic there was definitely a, a few days I said mom I want to be a photographer and it wasn't about the photography for me it was about standing in those places that just give you a sense of awe yeah and when I look at your stuff that's what makes me stoked for you and jealous and I'm, I don't want to be a photographer anymore <laughs> but like but like proud of you at the same time of just I appreciate like it. to be able to take those shots and be like dude you were there you know, well, and like the sunrise, the sunset, the mountains, the ocean, whatever it may be, capturing those moments. I think it's super cool, and I'm proud of you. I'm proud to be your friend, and I'm like stoked. I just, again, think back on that conversation, and I think you inspired me because there was something in your voice, something in the way you said it. You were just like, I'm going to do it, Andrew. It's happening. Like a few months out, it's going. And I remember my dreams and goals felt so far, and but I was like, shoot if Adam can do it I can right I know if that, if that idiot <laughs> this can do it, do it this guy no a I mean that as a compliment just that the, there was a sincerity and a conviction in your voice that, it, that inspired me too no I really appreciate it and honestly like I think we all I, I, I don't think that most of us understand because likewise you know I'm seeing people every day um, chasing their dreams and whether we're further along the line or not whether they've just it's funny because it kind of comes full circle because maybe after you've been established in your your dream or your path for a long time there are plenty of instances where maybe that fire kind of dwindles just a touch it's completely normal and so then you see somebody that's just launched on their path and you're like re-inspired you know yeah. and you're super fired up about it so no, I really appreciate it. It's been super fun to catch up, and you know, it's always great to see see what you're doing as well with your business, and in especially the part of your business that's helping helping people, you know, and, and contributing contributing to the greater good in this world. Thanks, brother. I think a lot of people will benefit from this conversation. So thanks for your time. Yeah, bro. Fist bump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey guys, thanks again for joining. Just wanted to let you know you can reach Adam at adambarkerphotography.com and he's got quite a portfolio on there. You can also contact, email him, get in touch with him. He does do workshops and things like that, so it's definitely worth checking out if you get the chance. Thanks for joining and we'll see you next time. Take care.